0: Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our Sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you 'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you 're about to hear. I've just got back from um, a trip I was in. Um, I was in San Antonio in America for um, seven days, and then I traveled to California. Um, across and I was in California for three days and it was amazing time during that time the company that I work for um, the organization that I represent and work for full-time we had our annual conference and we had time there and um, there was two people at the conference spoke on the scripture that I'm going to speak about today and mum and I were there and I was like I need to bring that back to ComChurch I need to speak about that because there's something in it that we need but I had an amazing time. God was good. Isn't it great to do something different at the beginning of a year? Um, just to change scenery and just do something different. I love it. But um, yeah, it was great. So, um, also this week, if you're a leader at Com Church, I want you to watch out for your inbox this week. So, you're going to get an email. It's Sarah and I sat at our kitchen table that you saw in Church News earlier. Um, and we just remind everybody what we talked about at Leadership Com last week. It's like the. The beginning of a new year, isn't it? It's the start of new things. And we wanted to share with the leaders of the church. So watch out in your inbox because it's going to come. It's going to talk about um, identity, who we are, what we're going to be doing in 2020. So I want to encourage you, if you're a leader at ComChurch, check out out your inbox this week. And it will take you about 15 minutes. But um, make sure you um, check that out. You know, human nature can make us hide away from great things that God has got planned for you. You know what? God has such amazing plans and destiny and purpose for each one of us that sometimes we don't even believe it for ourselves. So we hide away from the things that God is calling us to do. In the Bible, you can read about um, some characters that are in the Bible, and you can read about them. Adam, Gideon... Saul, Moses, Elijah, Jonah, to name a few, each one of those people were found hiding away from the purpose and the destiny that God had for their lives, and God found them in their hiding place. I think of Gideon, he was like found hiding behind a wine press, and um, he was just hiding from the purpose and the plan that God had for him. And I just want to say this over us before I start even preaching this morning, that 2020 is the year that God is going to find you and find me and find Comchurch and find us in our hiding place. So we think we're hiding away from, we're being humble and like, I'm not going to push myself forward and I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. I'm hiding. But God is going to find you in your hiding place in 2020. We all have insecurities. We're all in touch with the weaknesses and the failings and the things that we're not good at. Every single one of us probably could sit and write a list of our failings and our weaknesses. But God sees something greater in you and for you than you could ever see or write down or pen for yourself. God's plan for you is way greater than what you could think about and what you could study and what you could go, you know what, this is what I want to do in the years to come and I'm going to write my 10-point plan down. God's plan is greater than you could ever plan for yourself. 2020 is going to be our most exciting year, I believe it. Your first 20 years of 2020 can't be compared to the 20 years that are about to come. Are you ready for that? The first 20 years of 2020, you can't even compare what God is going to do next. And that's what I want us to get excited about as I talk today. I've got this... um, passage of scripture that they were using at the conference and I want us to read it together and it follows on really great. Who remembers when we spoke about Nazareth um, in the lead up to Christmas we we visited all of the towns that Jesus went to and mum I think spoke on um, Nazareth and she was up here with her shopping bags and she said what's in your bag Um, and she was saying how The people in Nazareth didn't recognize who Jesus was, and they missed it a little bit because they were familiar with Jesus. They knew him. It was his hometown. Well, the scripture I want to use follows on straight from that, and I've got bags in my message this morning that are on the stage, but we're going to read Mark 6, verse 7 to 13. It's under the heading that says, sending out the twelve. I wonder if um, if you've got Bibles, if they're digital or paper, you could um, maybe look this up and it would really help for you to have it in front of you this morning, but it will come up on the screen. Mark 6, 7 to 13. Let's read it together. And he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two. He gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and to put on, uh, not to put on two tunics. Also he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that place or that city. So they went out and preached that people should repent. And the, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil. Many who were sick were healed, and he healed and they healed them. This is the word of the Lord for us today. In this story, Jesus is sending out the disciples to do the work of ministry and saying to them, take nothing with you or travel light. In this story, he tells them, hey, these are the things that you don't need to take. You need to travel light when you go out to do this work. He's saying to the group, leave things from your past, leave things that you're comfortable with, leave the things that you're used to, leave the baggage of life behind you and travel light. Jesus was asking the disciples to go and do the very thing Jesus had reserved for himself to do up until that point. Let me explain what I mean. So Jesus... um, Jesus is now telling the disciples, look, you've been following me. You've seen me travel around these towns. I've been healing people. I've been laying hands on people. I've been doing the work of ministry. Now it's your turn to go and do what previously I was doing myself. Jesus was asking the disciples to now take on his mantle, to take on what he was doing and go and do it for themselves. The things mentioned in this scripture as their ministry then become and have been passed down through the generations, down to Church, and we're sat here today, and those very same things that the disciples were given to do, now are our mission, and we've inherited that mission from these disciples that were in this story, and that in this moment that Jesus passed that on to them, it has now made it through the generations to us. But we read that there was one requirement and one prerequisite for taking on the mission in this scripture. You must travel light. There must be no burden, no baggage. You must travel lightly. You know, um, I traveled to America, as I just explained, and I traveled there. When you take a transatlantic flight, you pack enough to go for like two weeks because you're, you're going to go for 10 days or two weeks. You don't go to Australia and then come all the way back just for a couple of days. You pack a load of bags. This is actually like, if we were going to Sarah's mum and dad's for like a day, this is what Sarah would pack. So um, this, is, this is the way Sarah packed. But like this, this is like a, um, a journey, transatlantic journey that we've got, um, we've got set up here. You have to pack loads of bags because you're going for a long time. Now, I'm the European director for um, the organization that I work for. Um, And I also get to travel into Europe a lot. Um, And you wouldn't even know it. So, like, if I'm making a plan or Ollie's planning to send me into Europe, I'll go to Holland and I'll take the early flight in the morning and I'll come back on the last flight at night. So, like, Holland is 45 minutes away. See, quicker than getting into London. So... um, you fly, and then you come back. Or I'll go to Belgium, and, and we'll just go for the day. You'll take the train. You'll take the early train in the morning, and then you come back late on the train at night. And, um, and when you're taking those flights, there's a liberation in the experience. I don't take anything with me. All my notes, everything I need is in my phone. So I've got my phone and I go to take the flight. I've got nothing with me. I walk on the plane and it's super easy that you fly in the morning and you fly back at night. It's amazing. Is there anyone else here that travels for work? It's very, very different to flying and going on holiday. And you, you pack all these bags to go with you on the journey. And I think there's something in this for us to learn today, that we can travel light. I love The trips that I take. You can walk into the airport, you can go and enjoy the duty-free shop, you're walking around, you aren't carrying anything. It makes the whole experience of travel completely different, not having to carry these bags with you. 2020 is going to be a year of clarity for all of us. How you see God and how you think God sees you are two of the most important things that you need to take into this year. Our perception of God will attract us to him or it will repel us from him. God is not a punisher, he's a corrector. Some of us see God as a punisher, so we get repelled from him. I see him as a corrector and that attracts you to him. How you see God is important. God does not condemn He convicts. So, how you see God, if you see Him as a condemning God, you'll be repelled away. If you see Him as a convicting God that gives you conviction and energy, you'll be attracted to Him. So, how you see yourself, how you see God, and how you think God sees you are some of the most important things for this year. We need to have this clarity, and we need to have it now. In this scripture that I've read, The calling that God is calling us to and asking us to do couldn't be any clearer. It says, preach repentance, cast out demons, anoint with oil so that the sick can be healed. It can't be any clearer than that. Those things don't seem trendy in church anymore. There are a lot of words that we don't use in church anymore. Trendy church is getting to the place where you can't talk about these things. Repentance, I mean, that's a word that you may not understand or know what it means. But as you get to know the God that we've been celebrating and worshipping today, we know that you will come to understand what that means. It's not trendy to talk about preaching repentance, casting out of demons. These sound like strange terms in 2020. Somehow, This picture of church and ministry over time has been clouded. Yet that's what was given to the disciples in this scripture and was what was meant to become what real church should look like. Now is the time for church to get back to challenging sin, preaching repentance, casting out demons, healing the sick. Now is the time for church to begin doing what church has been called to do. If Jesus is in you, you have the hope of glory inside of you. If Jesus is in you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. These are all scriptures found in the Bible. Jesus is all we need to get back to that spiritual power that these disciples were given at this very commissioning moment, the moment when Jesus commissioned them. We all want to hear a nice sermon about overcoming. Everybody wants to hear a nice sermon today about power or breakthrough or the five characteristics of Jesus Christ or um, the lifestyle lessons that we like to, ch- to teach in church. Everybody loves a sermon like that. But we're not so eager to hear a sermon that challenges us to turn away from our sin and to change how we live our lives Or to repent, as the Bible says in this scripture. Jesus sent the 12 out to preach repentance. An entire generation today in our world is being raised in a way that means they think sin doesn't need challenging. There's a whole generation being raised up. You know the English Oxford Dictionary that's for the juniors, for children, has had all the Christian words removed. And sin in 2008 was removed from the Children's Oxford English Dictionary. An entire generation that doesn't know what sin is and certainly doesn't know that they need to repent or turn from it. An entire generation is being raised thinking that God's standard, which is held in this book, can be lowered or dropped because this is popular culture. A whole generation has been raised to say, actually, that standard of God's is not relevant at all and it doesn't need to even exist and it certainly doesn't apply to my life. Verse 12 and verse 13 says this, so they went out and preached that people should repent and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Is it possible that we see less as we do less of verse 13, we see less of verse 13 because we're doing less of verse 12. That's what I want to say. Is it up? Is it up for us? Are we, are we doing less of verse 12? That's meaning we're seeing less of verse 13. Are we preaching less repentance and therefore we're seeing less people healed from sickness? We're seeing less demons cast out, less people being anointed with the oil. I just wanted to put that question out for us. You know, p- purity births power. Purity births power. Um, I, was, I love watching the Formula One cars, and um, the Formula One cars have different fuel in them than we put in our regular cars. Or, or the, the 747 jumbo jet that took me to on my travels to, um, to California... Um, The the fuel that went in that plane has been through an extra purification than what you would put in your Vauxhall Corsa, than what you would put in your car. There is a great purification that takes place in that fuel. It's not the same fuel. It's purified. And purification brings more power. That's why a 747 can fly at hundreds of miles an hour and why an F1 car is so powerful. Purity births power. Are we prepared to pay the price to go on this journey? Are we prepared to put down some of the baggage our desires, our wants, our needs to go on this journey? Ephesians 4.23 paraphrase says this, Give up your old way of life with its bad habits and be made new. Give up your old way of life with its bad habits and be made new. Do I have some new Creations here today. We've given up the old way of life. We're going to break our old habits and we're going to be made new. Purity births power. In our scripture, what Jesus is saying to the disciples is something must exit your life so that something can enter your life. There are some things that we need to let go of so that we can take hold of something else. Ask yourself today what are you carrying into this new season? What are you carrying into 2020, and is it even necessary? The scripture is not asking, what should we hold on to? It is asking the question, what are we prepared to let go of? What are we prepared to surrender? Today, what are you prepared to let go of? What bag that you're carrying are you prepared to surrender? What are you prepared to sacrifice? What are you prepared to give up? The disciples had already given up. At this point, when we read this scripture, the disciples had already been asked to follow Jesus, come and follow me. And in order to follow Jesus, they had to give up their family, their lifestyle, they had to give up everything they owned to follow Jesus. So they'd already given up and made sacrifices already, and now they were being given a new vision They were being given a new assignment. They were being given a new task. And with that new task came a whole lot of new sacrifice, came a whole lot of new surrender, came a new list of things that they had to let go of in order to go on the journey. A new vision sometimes requires new sacrifice, sometimes requires us to give up something else. We can find ourselves saying to God, I gave up for you last year in 2018. I gave up so much for you back then. But now God is asking you to do something new in 2020 and you'll get another list of things to give up and another list of things to really just say, hey, do I need to surrender and do I need to sacrifice? He commanded them to take nothing with them for the journey. He said in verse 8 and verse 9, he commanded them, take nothing except the staff. You know, the staff spoke. You know, when Moses used it, he used it as as a thing to identify his authority, the authority that he'd been given by God. That's what Moses' staff did. And this was the same thing. He said to them, you can take your staff because I'm giving you authority and power over unclean spirits. That's what this scripture said. So they had... The staff, and the staff also speaks of balance. It was sure footing, making sure you use the staff to make sure that where you stepped, you didn't fall over. It was, one of the translations says a walking stick, where it just gives you sure footing and helps you. And the staff's there, but I don't want to major on the staff today. There are things that we're told that we need to not take. No bag, no bread, no copper in your money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put in two tunics, I really think that we need to look at what we can let go of. You know, I'm not going to major on the, the money belt today. They were told you can't take your money belt. New level of sacrifice needs to come. And I, I'm just going to leave that with the Holy Spirit this morning. You can think about your own personal finances. Maybe you need to use money to take a step of faith in your own personal life. Maybe there's a level of sacrifice that you need um, to make in your finances, but that's it's all there. The disciples were told, don't take anything with you. Just don't take anything with you at all. But then in this one, Sarah, grab the green one. Grab the green one. Let's have a look in here. It said, you're only allowed to wear one tunic. So it was smelly disciples, right? Smelly disciples. They couldn't have one in the wash. And um, another one. Have you got the tunic bit up there? Put Put that up for me. It said to them, um, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belt. But um, wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. I've got two tunics here. I've got two tunics. Look at this. So um, that's my party tunic. Um, it looks more like something Josh would wear. Um, but this, there's my tunic, and there's my there's my work tunic. That's my work tunic, Dave. Look, look check that out. So. Um, Yeah, it said, don't have two tunics. You know, these are our identifying factors. These things identify us. These things, um, when we put our outer garment on, it says, this is who I am. This is where I am. Don't take two tunics. Some of the scriptures say garments, coats, shirts, tunics, all speaking of identity, the outward. Our garments are our identity. We don't need... Multiple identities for the journey for 2020. There's no need for a side tunic. We don't need to have another side tunic. Our online identity and our church identity. You don't need to have two of them. Our church swag and our work swag. We don't need two identities in 2020. Our identity in Christ is enough for the journey. Family time and God time. You know, this is the way I am with my family. This is what I do when I'm in private. This is the way I'm with my family. And then I have my church time over there. It's all one. We have one identity. We all love a backup plan, don't we? Everybody likes a backup plan. When Sarah gets ready sometimes, even for church this morning, a number of outfits got tried before um, I sit there and watch. Sarah gets ready if this one doesn't work, if this outfit doesn't work, I'm going to use the other outfit. We don't need a backup plan. We must stay true to our plan A. God has given this church a plan A, which is the great commission and the great compassion. We're going to have one tunic, one identity, one DNA, one vision, and no backup plan. So many of us We won't even begin a project until we know 100% of the steps we're going to take in that project. We won't start until we've got three backup plans. What if that doesn't happen and then something else is going to happen, so I need to have my extra identity or my backup plan? We won't even start until we're 100% set. Well, let me tell you something this morning. That um, if you're... If you have 100% of the steps for what God's calling you to do in 2020, you're already 100% too late. 100% too late. You can't have everything planned out before you start the journey. You have to take... The steps and move forward. The plan B, you know what, I'm going to set up and plan this thing until I've got it absolutely set. You know, in ComChurch's life, we've never had 100% of the people in place, never had 100% of the finances in place. We've never had 100% of the timings and the plan written down before we took the step to move out. We had to take the step before we had those things. I think it's really important today that we don't have two tunics, that we don't have two identities, that we have one DNA. Step out, committed to plan A. I'm going to wait until my kids are out of school before I do what God's calling me to do. I'm going to wait for my mortgage to be paid off until I can do what God is calling me to do. I'm going to wait until my studies are finished before I can do what God is calling me to do. One tunic, one identity, one plan. Let's go for it now. They weren't allowed to take the baggage of things with them on this journey. I have to be Julian. This is Julian's shirt. Look look at this. Sarah's laughing at my shirt. I have to be uniquely Julian. I cannot wear someone else's shirt. So this means a lot to me, this part of this message, and I'm receiving this for myself today, is that I can't wear someone else's tunic. I can't wear what somebody else wants me to wear. When I'm out with my friends in the world, I'm making sure that I'm constant with what my message is when I stand in this platform. I have to make sure my friends know I'm the minister of this church, and and I don't hide that or try to be anyone different but likewise when i come and stand in front of you and i take this platform i can't then become an acting preacher just because that's what people expect for them to do or because what the message because of because hey that's what we expect a preacher to look like or the pastor of a church to look like i try my best to be as genuine as i am in one place as i am in another i try not to put on a face i've got to be the best julian i can and we've got to see how this journey faces up for us and how it goes. You all have been given a unique voice. Every single last person in this place has been given a unique voice that is uniquely you. And you need to wear that tunic with pride because it's for our generation. You need to make sure that your voice is heard. Proverbs 22 verse 4 and Psalms 18 verse 24 show how God sees surrender and sacrifice different to us. Both of them. Integrity comes from surrender. The other scripture says that when we're humble and we're, we have humility, um, that God gives us a reward for those things. So God sees sacrifice and surrender so different to us. We see, oh no, I've got to give up. I can't take my comfort bag. I've got to give this up. But God sees a greater reward for you because you let go of it. So when you go on the journey, you'll realise, actually, I was better off. I, was, I needed to be lighter. I needed to travel light. And God was able to work better through you and give you something better in return because you'd put down what you thought was a sacrifice, what you thought was a surrender. And ultimately, the result that we're all looking for is spiritual power. This promised that our church would get back to seeing people healed from sickness that we would get back to preaching repentance and people coming to Christ that people would be anointed with oil that we would set people free from demons you know that, that people are gripped with demonic activity all over this world today I've got to talk about it it's what makes marriages break down the, en- the enemy that attacks us, it's what it's what makes someone just suddenly decide, you know what, I'm not going to love you anymore. This activity, this activity it's demonic, and we're going to see it broken because that's what churches are meant to do. There's so much that we're meant to do. I want to see us to get back to it, but what we've got to ask ourselves is, is what are we prepared to let go of in order to see that? We can't take... Dif- We can't take our defensiveness, our offense, our pain, our arguments. There's the part of the scripture there that says, shake the dust off your feet. Because if somebody won't receive you or you go into the home, if they don't hear you, shake the dust off your feet and move on. There are some relationships in your life where people are um, encouraging your weaknesses that God is trying to make strengths. And they're helping you being stronger in your weakness Sometimes you know there's people like that they just they encourage the things that you just want to shake off and you don't really want to do. Maybe we need to shake off some separate we need to have some separation and shake off some relationships this year. Maybe we need to leave arguments in the past and pain and issues. What are we picking up and what are we holding on to today that we need to let go of? To have power we must shake the dust off our feet. Some people just try to reinforce the things that God is trying to correct in our lives. Shake off the dust, shake off the past, shake off the mistakes, shake off the distractors today. We can expect spiritual power when we travel light. More than ever, our church needs to have spiritual power. This church needs to be a place that we don 't stand up here and tell us tell everybody god 's here, do you know what god 's here today god 's like god 's moving in power and make declarations of faith like that god 's here today. We don't need to be a church like that. We need to be one where you walk through these front doors, you know that you know that you know that God is in the house. More important than the program runs to order is that you come and sit in the house and you know God is in the house. That's what I want to see. That's the church that I want to be a part of. The words of our preachers on this stage, needs to transcend every celebrity, every political leader. The words that come out from this platform need to cut through the fog of this world and bring clarity to people's lives. That's what we need to see in this church The Holy Spirit needs to be in charge of the running order and needs to be in charge of everything that happens in this place. And then when your friends come and sit in this seat, all they're doing is saying, I can sense that God is in the house. That's all I want. That's all I want to see. Every single one of us this morning, we're going to close early today, but every single one of us this morning wants to be used by God, I think that. Well, unless If you're a guest, you may not realise it, but you've sensed in this meeting today that God's been in the house. As you get to know God, you'll have a passion like we do to follow Him and do His work. But I just want to say this, each one of us that's here that knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, we want God to use our lives, but we're quite often not ready to ask, what am I prepared to let go of in order to do it? What are the things I need to put down? What is my money bill? What is um, the tunic? Why am I wearing multiple identities? Why am I doing this stuff? I need to just put it down because God has a calling for my life. For 2020, as we make life choices for ourselves, we need to ask ourselves some re- really important questions. Sarah and I, at the moment, Sarah and I are looking at a new house. We'd like we like to buy a new house, wouldn't we? We're like we've been looking around. We're trying to make plan A work. We're like we're going to, well. Plan A is to move into this house, but we've got to ask ourselves in that life decision for 2020: Is this going to take my eyes off Jesus? If so. I don't need it. Have you got a decision in your life this year that you've got to say, if this is going to take my eyes off Jesus, I don't need it. Is this going to move me from the glory of God? If so, I don't want it. Is this thing going to lead me away from what God is calling me into in 2020? If so, I'm not going to take it. What are you taking hold of or what are your plans in this year? I wonder if we could just maybe close our eyes as I'm talking right now and go, what are those things that we've planned to do? Actually, I might need to put down this morning to pick up what God is really asking me to do in 2020. I'm going to read the scripture as your eyes close, And he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two. And he gave them power Over unclean spirits. You have power over all the darkness around you. Over all the darkness of this world, we have been given power over it. And then, verse 12 and 13 so they went out and preached that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick, and they were healed. If we are truly willing to travel light in 2020, if we're really willing to put down the burdens and the pain and the issues of 2019, if we're truly willing to put down the things that we hold dear, the things that we're familiar with, I really think that's for someone today. We're, this is what's been familiar and this is what I'm used to, but God has got something better. You need to put down the familiar. Do not misinterpret the familiar as anointed. Just because you're used to something doesn't mean that's what you've got to take with you into the next season. Put down the familiar. Empty your hands of the burdens of the past. The enemy is going to want to seek to remind you of everything that you've done, everything, all those issues, all of those issues, and bring it up, all of your past issues. We're going to put it all down. It's all baggage that we don't need on this journey of 2020. And if you are truly willing to travel light, the results will be new levels of spiritual power. We will see healings. We will see salvation. You will see God use your life. You will see your children step up into ministry. You will see your children do great exploits, greater than you could ever do. You will see the things that you have got dear in your heart for God to do in this community and around, you will see them happen because when we sacrifice and when we surrender ourselves to God, he will do greater than we could ever do ourselves. This is the word of the Lord for us today, Church. The reason these guys, the 12 that went out had spiritual power is because they surrendered themselves to the work of the Lord. Are you prepared to do that today? Are you prepared to get serious with God today in this place? I'm going to ask the team to sing a song of surrender. Maybe you could stand to your feet. If you want to respond or surrender yourself or use the altar to surrender to God anew today, you can do it. This may seem strange to you. You may have never been in a meeting like this in your whole life. And I don't really care whether you think I'm an oddball or strange. I really don't mind. I'm just doing what God has called me to do. And I'm going to do it like Julian does it. So I want to encourage you, open your eyes eyes right now. We're going to worship. We're going to surrender ourselves in our worship to God. And if you want to be used by God in a greater way in 2020, I really want our church leaders to pray for you today. There are some people, I I know I've been talking with some people in the background and just there's been good prophecy over what God is going to do over people's lives this year. I'm so excited about it. What are you prepared to surrender? What are you prepared to give up? If you've got to think about your Sunday lunch today and you need to make plans for the rest of the day, I release you to go out of these doors and leave and go and do what you want to do. But in this moment, we are going to surrender ourselves to God, ready for a new year. I know I'm preaching on week three, I think, am I? I should have preached on week one, but I was travelling. This is our new year message for us as a house. This is our new year message for us as a church. What are we prepared to just let go of, put down, so that we can travel light? listening to Comchurch church talks we'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our sunday services or midweek comms for more information or to get in touch visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on facebook god bless